Welcome to the WKIF Wrestling Network. My name is Max. I am a lifelong wrestling fan. We usually bring on somebody who's not a lifelong wrestling fan and we watch wrestling with them uh, today. Um, because we're going into a show with a lot of history, we're going off topic a little bit and getting somebody who has some wrestling background. But before we introduce our guest, let me introduce my co-host that I introduce every week. He has wined and dined with kings and queens, and he has slept in an alley and eaten pork and beans. It's former GWF announcer Craig Johnson. Let me tell you, Max, it's good to be with you in public as you will. You know, live in the color, son of a plumber. Stardust, baby, if you will, it's great to be with you again. Hard times, daddy. Hard times, ladies and gentlemen. Hard times. Uh, This week we're doing an, an NWA show. And uh, there was, I didn't see another opportunity to get the dusty impression in, so I just figured I'd do it with the intro. Always happy to do it, baby, but I won't do it the whole show, <laughs> don't you understand? Although I could. And right. now, our guest is known as the Irish Cerebral Assassin, as he will E your MC squared like an absolute boss. He has a wrestling record of thousands of articles and tweets with a few shows watched. Talking from Dublin, Ireland, he will go media evil on your ass. This is the doctor of physics, Ollie Brady. <laughs> I'm Irish, and I like to fight. Uh, <laughs> I was, as, as you guys were doing the intro, I was generally thinking, which wrestler has an actual, which Irish wrestler has an actual catchphrase? Right. And I'm there going, like, Finn Balor doesn't have a catchphrase. Like, he doesn't, uh, Seamus is... is Boy, <laughs> like yeah. boy, oh, um, so then it was like Finley. Fella. Finley will do. Um, I've met Finley, he's a lovely dude. Nice, his kid is monstrous. Oh, he's so yeah. much fun to watch. He yeah. is such a huge man. It does, it never seems to come across when you watch him wrestling. That dude in real life is freaking huge. What's I, funny is that my mom predicted the Fit Finley gimmick, like the final gimmick he had in WWE. Um, having a leprechaun? Well, <laughs> close to it. Um, On the nose. Because um, my mom had asked me uh, one day about like uh, cultural stereotypes in wrestling, and we were talking about Eddie and Chavo Guerrero. Mm-hmm. Um and my mom is Irish American, and so we, uh, you know, she was saying, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if I'd be offended if there was, say, a guy who wore a cable knit sweater and they called him the Fightin' Irish. And about three months later, <laughs> Fit Family came out with that gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty that's yeah. pretty well in the nose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But we are not talking about WWE this week. The reason that we brought Ali in is because we were talking a show, like I said, with a ton of history. It's the first ever NWA TNA show. And when we don't do WWE shows, we like to put give a little context for our listeners. Um, because it's something different. Uh, this is a show that came about because Jeff Jarrett did not have a job. Yeah, uh, kind of, yeah. That's, yeah, he, that's about he was it. fired by WWF. He went to WCW, which was then bought by the WWF, and they did not want him back. So 
he and his father decided that the only way that anybody could have a future in wrestling is with an alternate show. So, because nobody was exactly looking for uh, a weekly TV show in 2002, they went an alternate route, realized that all the money came from pay-per-view sales anyway, and that they could do a weekly pay-per-view, um, which would keep costs down and keep revenues up, and just essentially sign anybody that wasn't contracted to WWF to this show. And here we are, what, 19, 20 years late? No, 18 years later. And, I can math. Um, and this uh, federation is still going. It's gone through, like, three name changes. Uh, it's now currently known as Impact Wrestling. Um, and it was only called TNA because... Vince Russo thought that was hilarious. Um, Do you mean there wasn't total nonstop action? Total nonstop action. At the end of the show, I'll talk to you just how much total nonstop action there actually was. Yeah. Allegedly, (laughs) TNA stood for total nonstop action, again, because Vince Russo thought it was hilarious that it also has a a connotation that 14-year-old boys will snicker at, and that is Vince Russo, bro, in a nutshell. Had nothing to do with the Uh, women in the cages. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Guys, just just quickly, so you're telling me that Jeff Jarrett, whose dad was in the wrestling industry before him, left the WWE, and then as a way to give himself a job, he set up a a rival company starting with a pay-per-view. Ding. There's Pretty no much. way that would happen modern times. Not at all. No. It no. <laughs> sounds like such a weird story. Like, yeah. where, where would that come from? Yeah. I don't um, know where that would come from, but I, I think my son might have a something to do with it. <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> and the, uh, the open to this show actually pays tribute to me- uh, Memphis Wrestling because yes. the, the statue that you see at the very beginning opened every Memphis Wrestling show for dozens of years. Yep. Uh, and so they wanted to, they were talking about what was the line, respecting history and making history. Well, we'll see how much respect they had for history <laughs> later mm-hmm. on in the show. Because they were making plenty of history. Yeah, yeah. They show the statue and some old wrestling, some old uh, Memphis clips, and uh, whatever NWA clips that uh, were not owned by WWE at that time, which was not many, um, while they play Ode to Joy, and then the TNA logo burns through it. And we get opening Pyro, which um, I miss that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't see that anymore. The, um, the opening pyro, I, I feel, right, so I, I watched this live when it first came out because it was, sure. like, brand new, and it meant staying up because I'm living in Ireland, I'm, I'm Irish, right. um, and it meant staying up very late, and even back then, I remember thinking, there's no explosion when, you know the set of sparklers that come out from the top, from yeah. the ceiling? They don't have an explosion at the beginning to set it off. So the first 10 seconds of the fireworks is so underwhelming to me because it <laughs> doesn't true. have that bang, bang, bang. And obviously WWE put in a fake bang right. to, to make it sound like there's, uh, there's fireworks going off the stadium. And as I was watching today, I was like, man, this is, even now, like 18 years later, I was like, so no, oh, oh, sparkles. There should <laughs> have been an earth shattering kaboom. Boom, exactly. <laughs> 
and Don West. Oh God! <laughs> literally came from the Home Shopping Network. Uh, it, worse than that, he came from uh, an offshoot of the Home Shopping. Oh, Network. QVC, yeah. No, oh. not even QVC. He had his own jewelry thing that he was doing. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And it was one of those satellite networks that would be like jewelry TV, and he just he he sold fake jewelry. Yep. This was a fake jewelry salesman. My my um, my one Don West story is uh, a couple years ago. Uh, my girlfriend needs the TV on to sleep, um, so it and it can't be. It has to be something that'll go all night, uh, but it can't be news because that'll stress her out. So usually she'll do either sports, you know, ESPN, because they'll just rerun Sports Center all night, or um, uh, home shopping. And she just mentioned that. Do you remember there was that guy on the Home Shopping Network who sold baseball cards and he had a lot of energy? And it was like, Don West. He eventually became a, a wrestling announcer, and, and she said, "You know that he fulfilled his destiny there." Yeah. Um, he just I do have, to... I do have a little admission here: is that I'm about to throw Ed Ferrara under the bus. Oh, um, please, a, please for, do for being a douche. But also, when Max said my girlfriend needs it to go all night, and the first thing in my head is like, <laughs> "You humble brag." Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yes. And Ed Ferrara. Oh my God! What is he wearing? What's with his hair? Why uh, is it? Four he's the most influential in. man in wrestling, too. Um, four seconds into the pay per view, he goes, or if we're into his appearance, he's like TNA, and I'm not talking about total nonstop action, dude. We get it. Like we yeah. we all got it. There's literally a tag team in WWE with that name. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. There was at the time. Why do we? Why do you think we're not picking up what you're laying yeah. down? He's like, oh, oh, you know what I'm getting? One for the boys. <sighs> oh God. Um, yes, yes. They call him the most influential man in wrestling. Which <laughs> he was a he was a writer with WWE. Yeah. For a while, he was he was Vince Russo's assistant writer. Uh, the way Jim Cornette so, tells it, he was the guy that Vince Russo hired to carry his notebook. I was going to say to hold the crayons. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and he shoots it over to Professor of Vanilla Mike Tanay. <laughs> what was that Which, about? Yeah, I know. God forbid we have somebody that knows about wrestling on a wrestling show. I'm assuming um, that was meant to be, I'm the heel. Right. With, yeah. Uh, come on. <laughs> But he wants to be the cool heel based on the way he's dressed. It's, uh, um, and well, yet, Mike, Mike Tanay was, uh, you know, I, I'll give Mike Tanay a little, I'll give him his due. Um, Mike Tanay no, was the walking encyclopedia of wrestling. Oh, yeah. Uh, there were some times when his, I just ate a grapefruit, uh, Face facial expressions yeah. uh, would get to me, but the guy definitely knew his wrestling and called a really good wrestling match. And he and Don West eventually, eventually made a really good team. They did that played yeah. off each other very well. They did, um, and yeah, no, I did. I did like them eventually. And and on this show, he's he's giving it his all. He's really treating it as seriously as he can. Mike, and, Mike and speaking, is, of, is speaking good of giving it, it, oh, I'm sorry, Ali. Speaking of giving it, it's all. Uh, 
Ferrar was the ultimate cliche machine through the entire show. Oh my god, he was. <laughs> he was shocking. It was like, it was as if somebody had taken, or taken the king, Jerry Lawler. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, they mentioned three times Brian Christopher's his son. Um, yeah. But they took the king and it was like, you're not allowed to say puppies, but everything else he says, you're good to go. And he just <laughs> laid it out. Oh, it was shocking. I once had a high school football announcer who was with the rival radio station. This was back in 1981, and I was doing high school football in Plano, Texas. And it was a rivalry game between Plano and Plano East. And uh, I made my, my live radio debut with the famous words, Hey, you're missing my, uh, missing my live radio debut. That was my first, first words. <laughs> on the air. But the, my, the point of this story was that the opposing play-by-play announcer had a sh- uh, big index cards of all his cliches and would check them <laughs> off as he used them. <laughs> I love it. I like to think Jim Ross is doing that. <laughs> that's, a, that's a smart play. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm checking my own off there. He's got a he's got educated feet. That guy. <laughs> Does anybody want to mention where Mike Tanay went to college? Because you know every wrestler announcer has to do that too. <laughs> where did he uh, go to college? No idea. Oh. Um, but he's a professor, so he must have had some educational background. Sure. <laughs> and this show comes to us from the Von Braun Civic Center in Huntsville, Alabama as the show started there before they moved to its eventual home, the Asylum, at Nashville, Tennessee, which is where the Nashville Coliseum was, which Mm -hmm. was a regular stop on the Memphis circuit. Right, and then they were also at Universal Studios Orlando for a while. Um, But during the pay-per-views, it it started at Von Braun and then ended up in in Nashville. That's right. Um, Yeah, and Mike gives us the... um, the rules for the Gauntlet for the Gold, which it's a standard battle royal, and then the last two uh, winners will be uh, will have a wrestling match. It's a Royal Rumble. Yeah, it's a Royal Rumble. <laughs> right? It's not. It's the Royal Rumble. It's not even the Battle Royal. Yeah, it's a Royal but, Rumble. But guys, by a match. Guys, who who wins a title in a in a battle royale? Who wins a title in a battle royale? What do you? T- what kind of a battle? Ro- who wins a title in a battle royale? That's for later on. J E double F J A double R E double T double J Jeff Jarrett. Ha ha. I'm my favorite tonight. Hey, I'm sounding like Bruce Pritchard now. Jesus. Are you going to tell me all about Blue Chew? Oh, God. <laughs> I think we're the only wrestling podcast not brought to you by Blue Chew. But Blue Chew, if you're out there. <laughs> we got wrestlers on Monday nights, wrestlers on Tuesday nights. Wrestlers, it's my favorite thing Conrad Thompson does is just mention every night that wrestling is on. And how every wrestler from each one of those shows asks them about Blue Chew. <laughs> um Oh, then we go over to Jeremy Borash, who's introducing NWA Legends. Harley Race? With the Dory. towel. Why does he have a towel? I don't know. Is he going to throw in the towel? Is he <laughs> is, is he showing us what the finish of the match is going to be for once? No. <laughs> Call back. Legendary Hardman, yes, as yes. they describe him, Harley Race. But my, I, I, when I was 
texting Max earlier. Um, I said to him at one point, I, I literally think I have the text message here. It says, Ed Frower sounds like a tit. It was in yes. this moment because <laughs> Harley Race is coming down. Um, he's getting bigged up by Mike Tanay. And Ed Frower in the background goes, but he's not going to leave with the title tonight. Yeah. And then Don West <laughs> goes, well, of course not. And then I can't even remember what Ed Farrar says after. It was something stupid like, yeah, well, he'd need to rein himself in. And he's like, he's an old man <laughs> yeah. walking down to the... T- he's, he hasn't wrestled in 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> why, would, why would you even need to bring that up? And then Mike Tanay, professional as always, completely ignores the two of them and just moves on to the next guy. He's like... yeah. But that was not before the best cutaway of this entire pay-per-view where they cut while while Harley Race was coming down and they were cutting cameras and they went to a a crowd cutaway. And it was the drunkest fan I have ever seen. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. I have that written down. The whole crowd just looks like like they don't it looks like a frat party like they don't look like okay um some of our listeners are not wrestling fans and they would be surprised to learn how nerdy wrestling fans can be mm-hmm. um it's it's because when you're obsessed with wrestling it's just another nerd pursuit um so the it, it, right, it's a bunch of drunken uh, frat boys in, yeah. in this crowd. It's very odd. And it will actually lead to something very uncomfortable a little bit later in the show, yep. Uh, yep. which we will talk about at that mm. time. Yeah. But who, who's who's next, Max? Who else comes Do- down? Dory Funk Jr. Um, legend. Nope. <laughs> Jackie Fargo, who will actually be involved in the angles tonight. Yeah, Jackie Fargo, inventor of the Fargo strut, the Fargo uh, strut. the one who came up with the fabulous ones. Mm-hmm. And then we have a mention of the Wrestling Observer. Yes. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> what is the Wrestling Observer? Uh, that is... <laughs> Wait, are we actually answering that? <laughs> no, no, but that that's... Uh, I, yeah, no, Ed Ferrara Never before that. and never yeah. again will we have that question on a wrestling pay-per-view. <laughs> what is the Wrestling Observer? Well, that's got to be that's gotta be Russo's influence because he was so obsessed, especially around this time, with uh, internet smart fans. Stand by. Max um, will be And trying to get her to... to uh, you know, uh, Max, you cut out there, so oh. you wanna you wanna pick sure. up with that line? Sure. Uh, I was saying I was just saying that's got to be Russo's influence because he was so obsessed around this time with like smarky internet fans. Didn't he? Um, didn't he freak out? I think it was two thousand when um, when no. So I, it was either the Wrestling Observer or it was PWI where none of the WCW guys were in the top 10. Yeah. In their, so it must have been the PWI, so it was, it was the 500. Yeah. Right. And he freaked out, like, mentioned it on screen like 10 times. Yeah. And he's thinking, yeah. come on, like, get over it, dude. These are rags, like, mm-hmm. they're not meant to actually get you animated about it. It'd be like getting angry at PW Torch now. Yeah. You know, it would be it would be like being uh, being angry that you're not as popular as uh, the doctor that is. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, <laughs> <know>. Exactly. <laughs> um. <laughs> you know, you, you pick it you pick it up when I'm laying down there. I do. Yes. <laughs> um. 
Uh, then we get Bullet Bob Armstrong, head of the legendary Armstrong family. Whose son, Scott, is one of the referees. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yes, and they just keep calling him Armstrong. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Corsica Joe and Sarah Lee. No idea. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, they, they kept talking about a tag team, and I was thinking, there's no way NWA had mixed tags back in when those guys were wrestling, because no, Corsica Joe had to be 700 years old. Yeah, I'm assuming she was the valet. Um, Phil Behrens. Bill, uh, yeah, Bill Barron's actually yeah. went on to do a show called NWA Wildside, which uh, oh, I remember that is uh, where uh, AJ Styles actually came to. He might have done Wildside just before this, but uh, mm. my good buddy and broadcast pal uh, Stephen DeTruth Prazak was one of their announcers. Oh, cool! And Ricky Steamboat with the ten pounds of gold. Yep. <laughs> Uh, Ricky gives a very nice speech about how he's the current, uh, how he won the NWA championship in 1991 from Ric Flair, and that was a big deal. Yeah, Ric uh, Flair got name dropped a lot yeah. during this. In particular, at this time, had he gone back to WWE? Or was he yeah, just he was in WWE at the time. Yeah, yeah, so it just feels weird for them to name drop somebody who was, I think at this time he would have been, they just bought. Oh, WWE. So that was the storyline, wasn't it? Yeah. He So he was running Raw and Vince was running SmackDown or, or vice versa. And it just seems weird that they would... He must be mentioned seven or eight times. Well, I think one of the reasons is they are putting over this actual belt. Right. And that is because Flair ch had changed the belt when Turner bought WCW. The they had changed belt. the belt to the huge gold belt that said World Heavyweight Wrestling Champion. It's and my abandoned favorite the belt in the yep. world. It's beautiful. Yep. It abandoned the NWA belt. Uh, now the 10 pounds of gold is making a resurgence today, so everything old is new again. Yep. Um, and so that's, that's probably why I, I even remember Tanae mentioning specifically, saying this was the belt that was defended by Ric Flair. Right. This was, you know. Just saying, this this is the only belt that matters. Don't yeah. give it to don't give it to uh, Medusa though, because she'll put it in her trash. <laughs> <laughs> and I do remember there was that weird time of a few months where um, WCW on their show had both the NWA title and the WCW title. Um, it was a very it, short period of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I yeah, but that did happen. Um, and then they just eventually phased out the NWA one. Um, how, how did they end up with the, the WCW title? They, I, they, I, I think they basically left they the NWA. Them, right? Yeah, they oh, unified yeah. them, but then they left the NWA at the same time. Right. Yeah. Because this was the time I, when the NWA... Turner's feeling... Yeah. The promotions feeling were all going away. Right. Yeah, Turner's feeling was since they were the only territory on television, they were the only NWA territory, and therefore could do whatever they wanted. TNA um, have had some ridiculously ugly belts over the years. <laughs> oh, yeah, they did. Oh, that X Division one. Oof. Oh, God. Well, the original X Division one was bad, but the one, there was there was one, and nobody else seems to remember this. There was definitely a period, I, I, I'm going to say it was 2011, 2012, where the X Division title changed, and it was hideous. It was, it was, like, it was as if somebody had changed the X font 
Yes. So it took an already ugly belt and then suddenly it was like, oh, by the way, here's a shittier font for your <laughs> Yes, I, I vaguely remember that. Yes. All right, so Jeff Jarrett interrupts Ricky's speech um, and complains about the fact that it's a battle royale that he has to uh, win the, the belt in. Um, and then Jackie Fargo interrupts him and says that he's going to be the first entrant in the Royal Rumble battle royale. And then Ken Shamrock shows up and says that Jarrett's not going to beat him. And then Scott Hall, wearing a t-shirt from a local strip club. Ah, you caught that. <laughs> yep. It's called the Landing Strip. Um, oh shows God. up. And he does the hey yo thing. And wow, it's, it's the same promo we've seen Scott Hall do, do a thousand times. You know, I, I think everybody was just happy he showed up. Um, when you, and then, and then when you all watched of it, them. Oh, sorry. Uh, please go ahead, Ali. Yeah. I was just gonna say when he showed up today because I haven't seen Scott Hall in a long time, yeah. and I remember watching that at the time. I'm being a little bit excited. Like it was like Scott, oh, Scott yeah. Hall's here. I was watching it back today. He looks terrible. Yeah, he like, really does. It's already, it's already such a slide from 1996. Yeah. Hall, that his neck and. It's weird because when he comes into the Battle Royal later on, he still looks ripped. Not as ripped as he was when he was back Rizzo Ramon, but mm -hmm. he looks in good shape. It's just from the neck up, you can really see the alcohol is starting yeah. to take an effect. The pills are starting to take effect. His yeah. face looks puffy. He looks yeah, almost he sick. He does not look good. Yeah. Now, specifically in this moment, I wanted to bring up something about this, this okay. show. Because, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to premiere the Global Wrestling Federation. And one mm -hmm. of the things that we had to do is put over, pardon me, put over the promotion. Yeah, we had a few kayfabe things, which made no sense. But the idea was to be positive about the promotion. Brand new thing. This is the, the best thing that you're going to be able to see. Uh, and, and we want you to see it. Yeah. You would think with a new promotion, you'd want to say... This is the pinnacle of wrestling. This is exactly what you want to see. Instead, you have your top three stars saying it sucks. Yes. <laughs> yes. Over and over and over. Yep. <clears throat> that made no sense to me. Oh, no. I'm sure it made little sense then. Yeah. But, you know, I, if Jar Jarrett doing it, that's one thing. Okay, okay. you know, because I'm, I'm the king here. I should do right. this. Yeah. But then to have everybody else do it, too? How are you going to have a legitimate champion if nobody believes in the way that you've gotten to the champion? Okay, it's 2002. I'm guessing, you know, the, the biggest things in wrestling over the past five or six years had been either the NWO versus WCW or Austin versus McMahon. So they're trying for that. Yeah. But it can't work on your first show. No. You know, those only work because it was, you know, years of fans thinking that this was the same old, same old. It would be uh, like having your first interview segment with a hornswoggle knockoff. Speaking of... <laughs> well, before, before that, one thing I wanted to talk about was, of the three, right? So, Ken Shamrock is meant to be your babyface. Yeah. And he did my least favorite thing that anybody can do when they're cutting a promo in wrestling is he buried the entire roster yeah because he looks at Jeff Jarrett and look we get it Jeff Jarrett 
probably runs the company in some way. We get it. Jeff Jarrett has been a world champion in WCW. I don't think I've ever met anybody who says Jeff Jarrett is a pinnacle of wrestling skill. Nobody. Like, no. he's good. He's good at what he does, and he plays a smarmy heel. But nobody looks at him and goes, you're going to crush people. Right. Ken Shamrock says, you're going to walk through 18 other men, but you're not going to walk through me. So he's already positioned the other 18 guys in the company, basically, beneath Jeff Jarrett. Which, mm-hmm. as a fan, I'm sitting there going, well, Jeff Jarrett has been a mid-carder in my mind since 1996. That's a great yes. point. Yeah, that's so everybody point. else yeah. is a mid-carder now. Right. Yeah. That's always been... That's the difference between a, uh, a good and a bad heel. A good heel will, will still make his opponent look like an opponent, like a, you yeah. know, a formidable opponent. And as far as yeah. Jeff Jarrett's concerned, um, you know, I was privileged enough to work with Jeff and Jerry. And Jeff, uh, in his younger days, you know, they were setting him up to be a star. And yeah. for lack of a better term, he was Roman Reigns, except Roman Reigns' dad was running the promotion. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Jeff started to believe a lot of his own press. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I've come to learn that Jeff has gone through an awful lot since then and may finally be getting his act together. But when you ha- go through your life with people telling you you're great, you're great, you're great, and nobody tells you, uh, by the way, you're not very good, yeah. then you're going to have this head about you that you're going to write it. So Ken Shamrock says, I'm going to run <laughs> through 18. Uh, you know, it, it's... It set him up in the wrong way. And, you know, he he and Lawler just were the stars of that promotion. Yeah. And they set up Jeff very well, starting him as a, uh, a referee who was about as skinny as you can be. And then they brought him in and had him set up from the time he could step in a ring. Um, mm-hmm. But nobody ever said, hey, Jeff, maybe you're not the star you think you are. Yeah. Well, that would continue for years. Yep. I, like, up, as, up as late as 2010, I remember him going over, I'm going to say clean, but Jeff Jarrett never wins clean, but going over semi-clean over AJ Styles and big events. Yeah. Going man for man, toe-to-toe with Samoa Joe. No offense, Jeff Jarrett. Samoa Joe eats you. Like, <laughs> get, like I'm, I'm sure he's a really nice guy, and, and I know you've met him, and I've never met him, and I, I probably never will, but... You, there has to come a point where you realize that nobody is going to buy this and yeah. by you presenting it this way it diminishes everybody else and that's that's what I've always felt with TNA is that the Jeff Jarrett insistence well, uh, even naming your finishing move the stroke yeah. like I get it it's an inside joke and it's witty but also it's a little bit on the nose, guys. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I agree with you with your yeah. assessment of Jeff. I mean, when I worked with him, he was young and he was a, a nice guy just starting in the business. Yeah. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, the egos will feed and heads will become bigger. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yes, as Craig alluded to before, we've got uh, Goldilocks interviewing Puppet backstage. Um <laughs> And the most extreme, and then they use a word that I'm not going to. Yes. Um, 
But Puppet is very interested in uh, the outcome of a match we've got coming up between Hollywood and Tio. Um, and the camera shifts to uh, Jarrett destroying things backstage. And I've always loved when they do that. Um, when they just kind of shift the camera from one pro, um, you know, one angle to another. It, it does give a nice feeling of, yeah, this is a live event. Things are happening. Um, uh, and then we get some shots of women dancing in cages. Because this, um, is, this is total nonstop total action. Total nonstop action. Now, I might mention that we are now a good 20-something minutes into the show. And here comes our first match. Has anybody been in the ring? <laughs> what are you talking about, guys? This has been total non-self action. <laughs> our first match, though, is surprisingly good. It's AJ Styles, Loki, and Jerry Lynn versus the Flying Elvises, whose Chiron says the Flying Elvis impersonators, but who just get referred to by uh, Borash as the Flying Elvises. Um... And it's a surprisingly good match for having a gimmick as dumb as the Flying Elvises in it. Um, If you are going to have a match introducing a new promotion, this is the match you have. Yeah. This was was the uh, spot monkeys at their finest, as it's called. called. Uh, I mean, every single move in this match was something like wow i haven't seen that before yep yeah Yeah. i was i was gonna say right this is this is the poster child of a match that people like so ftr this is the kind of match that ftr nowadays would hold up and go look at this yeah like there's no psychology there's no logic behind it and at the same time i was watching it today going god damn this is entertaining yeah Mm mm-hmm also, I just want to shout out to Jimmy Yang. Um, oh yeah, yeah. What, it, it, my own real, only real experience with him was a short spin with in WCW, and then he joined as Jimmy Wang Yang, the uh, Asian cowboy. I think was meant to be his gimmick. Asian redneck. Asian redneck, and yeah. they didn't really allow him to show off much skills. This was the first mm. time I'd seen him, where it was like, he's the guy. Yeah, that finisher was beautiful yeah. in that match. I mean, we've been, you know, we've been taking it TNA or, you know, to task for a lot of things and a lot of things deservedly so, but this is the kind of thing that they did consistently better than WWE for 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the X Division was the only reason to watch this show for a long time because it felt different. You know? And it and, was worth watching. And who was the person that got pinned? It was AJ. <laughs> AJ Styles. AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he took he took that... So I'm not even sure what to call it. It's, it's called Yang scroll. Time. It's called yeah, it, Yang, it, 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 time. Yang Time. Yang Time. So it's like a... If you, if you picture, for people who have never seen it, if you picture Starship Pain, except from a standing, and he doesn't drop down to hit the rope. So it's just a standing corkscrew moonsault pin it's beautiful yeah. and AJ Styles took it flat like you, there's no bridging of his body to take it he let Jimmy Wang Yang land on him to, yeah. to take that pin it was 
it's it, he basically gave everything he possibly could to the other mm-hmm. wrestler there and that's yeah. that's to me that's what selling is that's what bumping for somebody is yeah now max you know i love watching the production uh, aspect of yes of these shows so i had some you, thoughts you, the <laughs> the um you know the way ollie just described that move mm-hmm. if you were to watch it let's say in slow motion from different angles right after it happens Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, to to be even if it was regular motion, right after it happened, it would be an amazing thing to watch. Yeah. And you know, if if they only did that, you would we get mm-hmm. cage girls instead. Right. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. And I'm like, what the? Also, this is on pay per view. There's no commercial time, right? Yep. So. I don't know why they keep cutting away from this match to uh, the legends that we were introduced before watching it on the monitor. They're not going to be involved. And they look so excited. Yeah. And what a cheap monitor. Yeah. Not setting up an angle involving Dory Funk and, and, uh, you know, Loki. Well, we we paid their trans. Might as well use them some more. Yeah. You think they'd give them seats. You know, like, you're a legend. Go back and watch it on a small TV. Just speaking of production, um, does that count uh, the way that the the referee handles the match? No, go on. I have a massive issue. And if you guys, you guys might have missed it at the time, but if you Mm -hmm. go back and watch later on. um, So it's about three minutes into the match, which isn't long because it's a six minute match. But it's like three minutes into the match. AJ Styles um, pulls off like a springboard off the middle rope and he drops, I think it's Estrada, and he goes for the pin, right? right? The referee has already counted one, only counts the second, so he's already counted one before AJ goes for the pin. Yes. <laughs> so he, he slides in, he slaps down for one, he, he hits the second one, and Estrada kicks out. But it makes the move look so weak because yeah. Estrada's heard the double count from the ref, one, two. And then AJ Styles is in a position where he has to argue with the ref that it was a three count when quite clearly <laughs> he has his arm over Estrada for... It, it can't be more than half a second where he's actually making contact with him. And he's up and he's doing the, no, no, it's a tree, tree, the ref, it's a tree. He, there's no contact with him. It's, it's so weird. And also the referee looks like Christopher Daniels. Yes. Um, I noticed that. <laughs> well, I'll actually bring up one that's even worse than that later on in the show. Where, okay. Where, yes. Where, where you will go, oh, ri- really? So, this st- is also the tuned. match. This is also the match where Tanae completely stole your gimmick, Craig, and mentioned everywhere that everybody else had wrestled. I um, wonder <laughs> where that started. Hmm. Um... <laughs> And did you know Jerry Lynn was in ECW? Yes, he was, because Mike Tenet told me. Right, he was the ECW champion. Jer- um, Jerry Lynn was also in the Global Wrestling Federation against the Lightning Kid. As as Mr. JL or as Jerry Lynn? No, he was he was Jerry Lynn. Oh. The, we brought, you know, when when we had Global, we didn't want the Lightning Kid. Right. At just the Lightning Kid. We wanted the match of Jerry Lynn and the Lightning Kid. Nice. 
we wanted both of them there. Yeah. Now, yeah. now Sean ended up staying with us for a while. Jerry was doing doing fine on his own. Yeah. But it was the the fact was it was just we wanted the match. We wanted yeah. those two. Um, I'm so glad Jerry's still still working and still doing stuff. Yeah, he's a he's a road agent for uh, AEW. Right? Yeah. yeah, God, those he's guys a, can learn a lot. He's a great wrestler. Yeah, I remember when he he fi- I was going to say finally, but he made an appearance in WWE. Um, right, he, he was he Jerry Flynn. To, Jerry Flynn, yeah. yeah, and he got he got the cruiserweight title. Yes, um, but I just remember everything he did being so much smoother. Yeah. than the other guys he was wrestling because that cruiserweight division had a lot of we'll just call them younger first timer wrestlers put in at yeah. the time and they'd be coming in and they'd be coming in green raw mm-hmm. making missing spots and Jerry Lynn would just be no I'm in exactly the right position I need to be mm-hmm. in this move is executed with the minimum amount of effort like there's a reason he's still wrestling in 2020 yeah and he was also it, it was also he was wrestling guys that didn't they were just smaller guys that wrestled traditional WWE style, like Spike yeah. Dudley, you know. Um, but yes, they, they then tell us that the X Division Championship, the first ever one, will be next week. Um, and put over that there's no uh, weight class in the X Division. It's just about who can do... As Max cross um, out of the hole. The uh, high-flying style. Something really good. Yeah. Like, something like he's about to say now. <laughs> you cut out again. Oh, okay. Oh, I was saying, um, they uh, they tell us that the first ever X Division Championship match will be next week. And then we go to more women in cages. <laughs> the the first X Division match for the title? Yes. Is, I, it might be the only match of that type I've ever seen. Um, so, if I remember correctly, it's a fatal four-way. Right. But it's a double elimination. Right. So there's seven pins in the match. <laughs> and it goes 25 minutes. But the first pin happens after like two minutes. <laughs> oh, and the last yeah. pin, there's like a 10-minute match afterwards. So it ends up with Jerry Lynn versus AJ Styles. Spoiler alert for anybody right. who's got to go through it. And that last 10 minutes is the smoothest wrestling just be- win the two of them. So they managed to get rid of everybody else, the other two from the match. Yeah. And the two of them just, they put on a clinic if we're, mm. tap, you know, yeah. putting our cliches in. It's just yeah. 10 minutes of fantastic ride. And it finishes with a spiral tap that is just beautiful to watch. And, yeah. Uh, then we get Hollywood versus T.O. in the match with wrestlers of shorter stature. Short, yeah, the, the short stature um, feature. Yes. <laughs> um... <laughs> Again, Russo's fingerprints are all over this thing. Yeah. Um, the corner is, mount by... Yes, by Tio. Um, the and, diving nutshot headbutt. Yes. And Hollywood is from Memphis, Tennessee. His name is about <laughs> style, not geography. Um, I just thought that was funny because they took about a full minute to get into that. <laughs> and and this match starts really well. It was uh, really good for a small stature match, but yeah. then they started botching everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Scott Armstrong's looking, going, "What do I do here?" Yeah. <laughs> and 
Um, I don't even have the finish to the match because I just didn't care at this point. Tio. <laughs> it was Tio. Okay. Tio goes over on this one. Um, but where was Puppet? Why didn't we even see Puppet yeah, earlier? Yeah, like Puppet should have run in at that point, right? Um, I assume that's what was going to happen too. Yeah. He's like, we, oh, we got a guy who's the hardcore little person. Yeah. He has to come in and, and interfere. Nope. It's nope. a clean match with a clean yeah. finish. Um, and then uh, we get more shots of the women in cages as they tell us to go to nwa.com. And tell us to uh, respect that they are respecting the business. Yeah. Yes. As they're saying this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, Ed <laughs> Ferrara and Don West are in the ring and they're going to introduce all the ladies that will be in the Lingerie Battle Royale next week. Um, now, before we get into the ladies, yes. I just want to say that for a long time, TNA was the only place you could see legitimate women's wrestling, and uh, I want to give a shout out to Gail Kim, who made that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, brilliant wrestler. You know, what's that? She's a brilliant wrestler. She really is. Um, and I remember actually watching, I guess it was just TNA Impact at that point, Um where they spent about a month selling it because uh, she was involved with James Storm and then, um, you know, there's a feud between them and he keeps going, TNA doesn't have a women's division, Gil. TNA doesn't have... Every week he'd come out and say that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. So, but it, it got its roots in the Lingerie Battle Royale. And this was not for the belt or the strap. It was nope. for... The Sash as yes. Miss TNA. Miss TNA. <gasps> and it is so... Okay, none of the women get Chiron. They're announcing one name while showing another person on screen. It's very confusing. But I think I have written down who everybody is. Yeah, and and, and I, I did so as well and then went to mm-hmm. the next week's Lingerie Battle Royal uh, results to find out who I missed as I was writing okay. them down. All right. Uh, so we've got Francine. And a special guest appearance by Francine's heels, which yes. almost make her fall down the ramp. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she looks she, so uncomfortable. She really did. Um, we've got uh, Joni. Who I believe went on to marry Chachi. <laughs> <laughs> we've got Shannon, the former Daphne, um, who would eventually come back to this division when it was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember her in a feud, a short feud with Awesome Kong for a while. Um, she went up a lot of places, though. She was in Wrestlelicious for a little while. Um, and according to Scott wait. Hudson, one of the, the nicest people ever. Did you just say there was a company called Wrestlelicious? Yes. Look up Wrestlelicious, you will not be disappointed. That's amazing. We it may was, have to do one of those shows. It was the 21st Century Glow. That sounds... Uh, genuinely, I was saying, it sounds like Glow. Uh, it was Glow. Um... The the only the there are three people I think you may have heard of in that Daphne, who actually no she's in the opening package but I don't think she actually ever wrestled a match for them. Um, Bambi. Uh, the 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 Von Erich, um, Lacey Von Lacey Erich. Lacey Von Erich. Mm. Was Bambi in that? Uh, Bambi might have been in it, but the other thing one I was thinking of is uh, Blue Pants, Leva Bates. Leva Bates. Yeah. Um. Uh, by, the, by the way, uh, um, mm-hmm. and it just went right out of my head, but we we had a couple of Glow Girls, original Glow Girls, pass this week. 
Um, and I can't remember can't remember who it was, but I'll try to go back and look. Okay. Uh, then we've got Alexis Loray. Yeah, I, uh, you yeah. know her. It's Mickey James. Mickey James. Oh, Mickey James. Okay. Yeah, and uh, Alexis was make uh, yeah. or Mickey was making her name for uh, herself around Maryland Championship Wrestling, right? Which is where a lot of these people came from. Mm. Yeah. Uh, she. She joined with Raven in TNA. Yes, I think. Uh, not the, I was going to say the flux. Not uh, the gathering or the grouping. Um, was his oh, the flock? The, the flock. The, yeah. Oh, no, I think I think they were called the gathering in TNA. So mm-hmm. the flock was, oh, yeah. was his original. Kid. With CM yeah. Punk. Right. And, and then it all fell when when CM Punk stayed with Ring of Honor. Yeah. But that was a genuine when they came in. Like people talk about, this is how you introduce a stable. They were wrecking the place. Yeah, like, yeah, I remember that. That that was great. Uh, that was on Raven's idea too, I think. Mm. The glow girl who passed away mm. was one of the most famous ones, Sally, the farmer's daughter, uh, played by Becky Mullen uh, of uh, cancer at age fifty-five. Mm. Oh, Rest in peace. And we've got somebody named Psycho. Um, no idea. Somebody, somebody <laughs> named Erin. Erin, um, who was a Ravens cheerleader. Do you know why they mentioned that she was a Ravens cheerleader? Because Stacey Keebler had been a Ravens You're cheerleader? You're correct, sir! Yeah. Yes! <laughs> yeah, that stuck out to me. Um, Electra. From ECW, who, EC- really, who, right. who kicked some butt in ECW. Right. Uh, Taylor. Taylor. Now, Taylor went on to become a very famous character in the WWE. Okay. Barbara Bush. She played Barbara Bush. She played Barbara Bush. Then went on when when they got in trouble for calling her Barbara Bush, they named her right. BB. Right. <laughs> and Teresa Tyler. Again, no idea. No idea. Now, uh, uh, continue. Okay, so they're all in the ring, and Francine cuts a promo about how she's the queen of extreme, and, and none of these other women deserve to be Miss TNA. Um, and she's interrupted by Elektra. Um, and they do the shoot-style promo where Elektra blames her for bankrupting ECW. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, uh, that's quite the stretch. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> Was 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 Francine uh, Pauly's uh, personal bookkeeper or something? Like, why, why is it? Why Francine? <laughs> uh, maybe maybe uh, her her shoe uh, her shoe budget. I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um. Well, spoiler alert: as we move forward one mm-hmm. week, right? The three actual wrestlers in this who were uh, Taylor Vaughn. Uh, right. Otherwise known as Barbara Bush, Alexis mm. Lurie and Electra were the last three left in the um, in the lingerie <laughs> battle royal. And Taylor Vaughn beats Alexis Lurie in a battle royal that takes four minutes and forty six seconds. Wow! Let's give the ladies time, shall we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's. Can I just say two things about this? All right. so yeah. One of them is going to be very, very almost derogatory, and I don't mean it to be because I I, I hate this entire era of women's wrestling and how oh, it's presented. And then the other, so I'm going to start by saying something nice, right? Mm-hmm. TNA Knockouts Division 2007, 
right? Yeah. I think it was 2007. So starting a turning point. They are the best thing in wrestling for that entire mm-hmm. year. Now, yep. that's the year Agreed. when you have, uh, I'm the best in the world at what I do, Chris Jericho. Right. Um, and I'm putting Gail Kim versus Awesome Kong's feud above that. It is yeah. unbelievable what those two women did. Yeah. Like, the way Awesome Kong is introduced as Unstoppable Monster and Gail Kim is, I am the smartest wrestler out here, I am the veteran, and I'm going to do it. It's brilliant. But 2002, and this is where I'm going to sound derogatory, and, and to anyone listening, I, I, I'm, I'm a nice person, so this is going to sound mean, right? Um, Vince Russo clearly has a type and a view mm-hmm. of women, and that is trashy. Yes. Yep. Because every single one of these is made to look as trashy as possible. Yep. For the next two years, that mm-hmm. is all the up-and-coming knockouts division is. Yeah is well, women I mean, dress trashy and mm-hmm. acting trashy every feud is over a man yeah even when they introduce the belt it, it they don't seem to be interested in the belt it's like oh i'm an accessory to x y and z yeah. man and me having the belt is just a sign that he's powerful because i've got the belt and he's got me and right. it's that sort of stuff it's not it's good that now in 2020 we've got WWE women's division mm-hmm. standout division in their company in the way that the tag division is in AEW yeah. but it's just it's mad to think that it's only 18 years removed from yeah. this being the sole presentation of women which you know apart from women in cages right and it's not like WWE was doing much better at this time oh no <laughs> um, Ali, I, mean, I just think you're being accurate you're not being a bad guy at all you're no, just being yeah, it's just it's just I don't like to describe women as looking trashy because I'm sure that all of these are, are delightful young women. Yeah. It's just that they're being asked to go out onto a stage and... Actors as you taking said, direction. Yeah. And the direction is go out and look like yeah. trailer trash. And again, yeah. we don't really have trailer trash in Ireland, so I hope that's not <laughs> too derogatory to Americans. But what's funny is that Vince Russo is from here on Long Island. Where Bro. we don't really have trailer, we don't really have trailer <laughs> trash here either. Bro, Bro. Um, um, we have it's, trashy women, but it's more like um, what the, the stereotype behind Italian Americans um, <laughs> is. You know, kind of the Long Island version of trailer trash, um, Jersey Shore. You know, um, isn't that isn't that Billy Joel's hometown? Uh, it is. Um, it is indeed. And uh, uh, speaking of the mind of Vince Russo, the bro. the <laughs> the teenage mind of Vince Russo, the sex star yeah. mind of Vince Russo. Yep. Let's talk wait, about wait. the next match. <laughs> Before we do, I just want to point out how uncomfortable it made me that as Francine is giving the promo as she's leaving, there are children behind her. Oh God. <laughs> um. You know, like, literal, the front row is, like, eight-year-olds, and it made me really uncomfortable, um, because she just ripped a woman's top off. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, before we get the match, we get Goldilocks interviewing Mortimer Plumtree. I liked the Mortimer Plumtree gimmick. I thought he was awesome. Yes. Why uh, he didn't continue, it, sh- I yeah, don't so know. so short-lived. Sorry, I didn't mean to put across mm-hmm. you there. It, it, I think it, it's lasted for less than... 
maybe four pay-per-views? Yeah. And then, it's, then he's gone. Yeah, it's weird. It's it's a great gimmick. And it's not because he has a cricket bat either. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't Although that I a do fraternity like that. paddle? No, that was a cricket bat. Oh, it was a cricket bat. Okay. Um, uh, what was that guy... Ed, did he go on to do something else or, or any? He did some acting. Oh, okay. That was about it. But mm. yeah, he never he never came back for wrestling. That's weird because he he's so good as the manager of yep the Johnsons. The Johnsons. Now this is something that you know, Max. I always like to do deep dives mm-hmm. into and God. Here I am talking. No, nice. I, uh, let's rewind that. Sure, uh, <laughs> take Vince. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can say that's not going to be taken the wrong way in this particular thing. Um, but in a future gimmick, one of the Johnsons would go on to become Magnus Maximus. Yep. Oh. <laughs> um. And, and I just, were, I, I found that I found that just um, you know the, keeping with the, the same one, theme, just doing it a little differently. The one hey. thing I remember reading oh, on the internet was I want to say WrestleCrap.com reviewing this show and pointing out that the Johnsons are legit twins. Yes, the Shane twins. You know, you have a gimmick of identical twins. You don't need to put them in flesh-colored bodysuits and flesh-colored lucha masks. And they you know? were good enough to have beaten the Road Warriors at one point. Yes. They, they are, for two men the size of them, in 2002, yeah. right? They are good in this yeah. match. Yeah, they're real, and, and they're, their opponents are the team of Psychosis and James Storm. Um, and, like... I think the thing I hate the most is that this is a good match. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got wrestling penises, but it's a good match. They, they legit hit all their spots. They yeah. don't seem to botch anything. Mm-hmm. When they're selling, they're selling properly. Like, James Storm mm-hmm. gives a guy a, a, a effectively a rolling elbow. Yeah. And he takes it. He staggers him. And mm-hmm. you're like, wow. If they know they're going over and knowing the way wrestlers are meant to act... That's the, he looks like the kind of guy who wouldn't necessarily do that for another wrestler, but I mean, it's good. It's tight. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's. I'd almost urge people to check this match out. <laughs> yeah, I know. If it's, you can get past the Johnson. Yeah, and, and, and it's it's Baby James Storm. <laughs> yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. He looks like he just got out of college. And I love I love that his in his entrance he does the cowboy tricks with the gun tricks at the at the ring post. <laughs> um. Weird weird question. Why is he with psychosis in this match? Because I'm almost 100% certain that he is with Chris Harris in the next pay-per-view. You are correct, sir. You are, yeah, that's right. I had no idea. And eventually he'd be with uh, with Bobby Roode. Bobby yeah. Roode, yeah. Yeah, yeah beer, money. beer money. But yeah. America's Most Wanted was an over-tag team in, oh, yeah. in TNA that's and right. Impact yeah. for a long time. Uh, I saw TNA in their first... Um, their first ever event in Dublin and I'm willing to say that they got a bigger response than anybody else oh yeah they were they were great um, with the exception well I, I do have to take that back because AJ fought Kurt Angle in the main event ah. but for everything else on the, yeah. the card yeah. 
they were beloved. They were just the, the cheers were crazy for them. And during this match, there's like uh, they're advancing an angle with Alicia's at the re- ring at ringside, and the crowd <laughs> hated it. I don't know what the crowd hated, but they you know there are very loud boos throughout this match. I don't know if it's that they're being forced to watch a match in the f- in which one of the gimmicks is penises. Um, and did I we mention s- they were Richard and Rod? Yes. Richard and Rod and Johnson. Johnson. Um, Alicia was Ryan Shamrock. Yes. Yeah. Ah. Um, as soon as she came out, as a, I was a huge Ken Shamrock fan, um, yeah. which is why I was happy that you were watching this event at all. Um, and I, I think I had the biggest... I mean, I was 17 when Ryan Shamrock <laughs> was in WWE. Yeah. And she's just... Guys, she's a beautiful person. Yeah, she it's was okay. The, um, <laughs> she was, uh, yeah. Um, she had quite a long career for somebody that never really wanted to be involved in wrestling. Hmm. Because she was the maestro's valet in WCW for a little while, and then she came over to being Alicia um, in TNA. And yeah. yes, after the after the Johnsons win this one, the ref pays off Alicia. So. <laughs> Where does, an angle there. What? Where does what? that go? What? Yeah. Like, and why does the ref pay her? Yeah, it made no sense. <laughs> it, it, it leads to me doing my, uh, the one time I'll ever do a Howie Mandel impersonation. What? 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 By the way, how did Ed Ferrara totally miss... The finishing move being called the dick drop. Yeah, I know. <laughs> How did he uh. not say that? <laughs> really? It's a good finishing move. Uh. Uh, and then we get Goldilocks interviewing the Dups, or trying to get out of now, interviewing the oh, Dups. Oh, before we move ahead, did okay. we ever see the Johnsons again? Um, I think one more time. Okay. Now, they um, would go on to become Gemini in right. the WWE. Right. Which is your... That, that is your um, identical twins gimmick. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yes, we've got Goldilocks trying to get out of interviewing the Dups. Mm-hmm. And it's about as many redneck jokes you can make in uh, two minutes. Can uh, you name all the Dups? Bow Dup, Stand Up, and Fluff Dup. And then there was um, also jacked up, right? Um, and 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 pucked up, pucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes, there was a pucked up eventually. Okay. The only thing I know is stand up is um, it's Trevor Murdoch. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, who who an underrated wrestler by the way. Yeah. And and, and bowed up was a guy who actually went by the name of Otto Schwanz. Are you serious? <laughs> that was his ring name afterwards, Otto Schwanz. He sounds like he should be hanging out with the Johnsons. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing somebody backstage went, hey, the Dudley boys are popular. Yeah, you know? yeah. that's it's weird. Um, the whole we're sleeping with our cousin gimmick yeah. is so weird. Um, she also seems familiar... I, I can't really picture, but for some reason, I 
I associate her with oh, black hair. Wait a minute. Look, I think I I think I looked it up. No, uh, I I looked her up and I didn't see that she did anything else. So that that oh. uh, she was also somebody named Seven Briggs. Yeah. Seven Briggs. She continues on in dub in TNA after this. Oh, okay. okay. So even after the okay. dubs, but but only small parts. And she she had matches in the um in the original TNA knockouts division. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. The more um, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the interview is about thirty redneck stereotypes. They're picking their noses and eating it on camera. Drinking schlitz. Yes. They're drinking schlitz, and and uh, the commissioner comes by and tells them to get the beer out of the locker room. Um, who gets drunk on beer? Um, <laughs> That's yeah. what he says. Yes. Uh, who, who, imagine yes. thinking you'd get drunk on beer. Stan and Bo both say they're dating their cousin Fluff. It's yeah. Um, <laughs> And the thing is, like, this is a Southern promotion, so this is essentially saying, Vince Russo saying, ha ha, you all inbred rednecks, bro. <laughs> you know. Um. <laughs> all right. And then speaking of this being Southern as hell, <laughs> we get Herbie Sadler and Sterling Marlin, who are from the world of NASCAR. They're coming out to be honored. Oh, now, for those of you who don't remember NASCAR back then, this was when it was called the Winston Cup. Right, it was still for Winston cigarette cigarettes. Brand. Yeah, <laughs> um. and uh, and one of them is the current Winston Cup point leader. That's right. Yes, which makes yes. him kind of like the world champion. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> kind of, if they kept points for the world champion. <laughs> and then um, he gets interrupted by K Crush, who says that uh, you know they're not real athletes because they just drive cars. Does, um, he, does he also say, "I have not changed"? one single bit in the last 18 years. <laughs> I am a vampire. Why do I look identical to how I look right now? It, 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 is, it, it is scary. Yeah. Yeah. And for like, those of you who don't know, K-Crush is now R-Truth. R-Truth, right. Yeah. Yeah. And he's in, the, the idea that this NASCAR driver gets in his face yeah. and says, you don't look much like an athlete. Oh, that was... That was... A, a 2002... Ron the Truth Killings, or Truth, whatever you want to call him, who is maybe the buffest human being. The whole thing felt very uncomfortable to me because yeah. uh, K-Crush keeps referring to my people versus your people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having the white guy tell him you don't look much like an athlete did not help. There was a certain point where I just literally stopped the video on a wide shot. And it was really disturbing with all this dialogue going on, especially in the times that we're living in right now. Yeah. To take a look at that crowd, and I could only see like two African Americans in the entire crowd. Ugh. Yeah, and that, is... that, that just made me go, ooh. Yeah. It's, it's just crazy to think that this was 2002 that yeah. you have K-Quick who as he was so he, he's not killed K-Quick at, at this point but becomes Ortrude built like a tank getting almost punked out by a guy that, that I mean I'm fairly certain I could slap him around and <laughs> then for the save to be coming made by another uber white guy and it's yeah. all in the same year that we're building up to a WrestleMania main event of the racist guy 
getting the win over the black guy because as far as i can remember this is the as we've covered on this show yeah so this is the build yeah. to triple h against booker t and it's it's crazy that anybody would write this stuff and not think to themselves this looks mm-hmm. bad especially when the guy um calls out to the crowd here in huntsville <laughs> yeah the cheap pop with huntsville yeah it's just it's distasteful, I suppose, is the best it, way to describe it. It, it, it really is. Like and I said, it, it made me really uncomfortable, but I suppose we should talk about how the segment ends where Brian Lawler run, runs in and beats on K-Crush, and they yeah. can't decide whether his name is Brian Lawler or Brian Christopher. He's, uh, he's, um, he's Jerry Lawler's, Jerry Lawler's son. son. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they refer to him as both. Um, <laughs> He'll always be Grandmaster Sexy. Sexy. But Got, if we're uh, talking about the what, yeah, if yeah, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're talking about uncomfortable, mm-hmm. the fact that Ron Killings is being held back by six security guys. Yeah. Yep. Nobody in the ring. Yep. <laughs> and then and then we have a, a thing with Jeff Jarrett choking out Ch- Jackie Fargo. Yeah, that was also... Right. I get Jeff Jarrett's a heel. Jackie Fargo's 108 years old. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And brought his dad up in the business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, our next match is Christian York and Joey Matthews versus the Dups. Um, Which, again, is stand-up, bowed-up, and... Fluffed up. Um, Fluffed <laughs> up. And um, I, I, not, will t- I will read all my notes on this match. Are okay. you ready? Here they yeah. go. <laughs> Very that, good. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. Okay, so the only note I have is, is that Joey Mercury? And then... I looked it up, and it was Joey Mercury. Joey Mercury. <laughs> and then I was thinking to myself, I was like, what was Morrison doing at this point? And I realized he, probably nothing to do with Joey Matthews. No, he was, I, I, I don't even think he was on Tough Enough yet. No, um, I think this was before. That, his yeah. Tough Enough season was 2004, I think. Yeah. Um, um, but just, in fairness, Christian York, who I, I've never seen before, obviously Joey Mercury is a road agent now for mm-hmm. WWE, I think. Um, but Christian Rock York was he looked good in this match yeah yeah. he looked like the star if that makes sense between the two I mean he yeah. it, admittedly he took the pin or he had the pin at the end but mm-hmm. it's still good okay. but that's about all we have to say about that match yeah, <laughs> I can't, yeah really. honestly I can't even remember a single move nope. I just remember uh, the, the guys were able to work oh, I remember really? that the Duffs win because of interference from Fluff. Um, <laughs> Who showed up. Yeah, they um, make a lot of jokes like that. Beat up, showed up. Um. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bowed up, picks his nose and eats it as yep. a way of celebrating. Yep. Lovely. Okay. You can then pick we your get... friends and you can pick your nose, but you can't pick your cousins. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Then we get a video for Toby Keith's How Do You Like Me Now? And they introduce Toby Keith to come out and sing The Angry American. 
I guys, thank you, thank you for introducing this into my life America. again. I had forgotten that this was a thing, and I loved it. I loved every second of what happened. Well, I have how do you like me now is actually a really cool video. I yeah. like that video. Uh, I have some I've, thoughts. I've, here. I've used I've used it on many sports production. Nice. Yeah. That that's the one where he he finds his high school sweetheart and then mm-hmm. plays right. for her on the on the yeah. ground. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have some thoughts on Toby Keith uh, because my ex-wife is a huge country music fan. She's an Italian girl from Long Island, but for whatever reason. She's a big country music fan, and so, while I was married, I was a... I, she got me into country music. I was never a country music person, unless you want to talk in, like, that annoying hipster way where I was into, like, Americana or Johnny Cash or something <laughs> like that. But, you know, um, she liked, like, straight-up pop, top 40 country, and, you know, um, I was open-minded enough that I got into some of it, and Toby Keith, I liked his songs about uh, being a cowboy and hard drinking um, and women he'd known. Uh, Unfortunately, The Angry American was such a hit, and I understand why. I understand this was less than a year after 9-11. And it would be a hit today. I totally understand that, Um, Max, because, you know. But it was... (laughs) I mean, if, if there was a song to put in front of a Difficult. rally of people who think uh, kind of red states as opposed to blue states, mm-hmm. I yeah. think that could be a good theme song for them. Yes. Yeah. I, I honestly think this that the first time I heard this when I watched it live and today are the only two times I've heard that song. And I still can't get over. Like, they give also a big black eye. Like, yeah. come on. No, it's it's a terrible song, but unfortunately, that became the template for Toby Keith the rest of his career. Oh, ironically became, enough, though... He became a very star-spangled guy. Yeah. Ironically enough, America. though, he is a huge supporter of the Tennessee Democratic Party. He is ah. not conservative at all. Oh. Interesting. Um, yeah. is, is this the song that par- that's parodied in um, South Park? In, or is, in it, which? is that a different song? Do you know the one where like, where were you when the built that ladder to you? No, no, that was, that was Where Were You. That was a different oh, guy. That's actually yeah. the name of the song? Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, that was, that was Alan Jackson. Um, All right. I'm actually typing this in after, after we're finished recording. Okay. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to watch Alan Jackson, Where Were You, on YouTube. Coming up next on uh, BBC Radio 7 is Holly Brady with the country show. Hold on. Um, uh, yeah, well, I, I need to do a... Pro- Coming up next on BBC Radio 7, it will be Ollie Brady and the Country Show. Yeehaw, folks! But first, <laughs> it's the Fosters. <laughs> All right. But they they let Toby finish the song before Jeff quote-unquote interrupts him singing. Um, because Jeff is on his way to the ring for the... NXT World Heavyweight Championship Battle Royale. A five, Jesus. six, seven, eight for me. Jeff is on his way to the ring was the last thing we heard you say. Oh, okay. He's on his way to the ring for the um, World, he- World Heavyweight Championship Battle Royale. The gauntlet for the yes. gold. Okay. All right. Um, so, yeah, first we get Jeff. 
then we get Buff Bagwell, and Jeff makes short work of him. Buff Bagwell. Just, just, it's 2002. Yeah. <laughs> Who in the right mind thinks the number two entrant in our gauntlet for the goal should be Buff Bagwell? Hey. And then for him to effectively dominate, or dominate Jeff for the <laughs> 45 seconds or 60 seconds that he's in the ring is hilarious. And to have uh, Mike Tanay talk over the top of him like he's an idiot. Well, yeah. doesn't matter. It's not about getting a pin, buff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's got the stuff. He does. Hey, <laughs> to be fair, a to year be fair. earlier, to be fair, a year earlier, he had been headlining Raw. So <laughs> that, that is true. That, that worked out well for him, I remember. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, next week, I was at that show, by the way. Were you really? Were oh, you, really? you at the, the WCW Takeover I was, show? I was at the uh, no, I was at the Raw where that the very first Raw after the sale was in Tacoma, Washington. Right. And they, uh, Jim Ross and whoever the or was it Joey Styles at that time? The other announcer. It was. Um, uh, it was Paul. It was Paul. Yeah. yeah. It, Left and Arn Anderson and Scott Hudson right. came down. Yeah, no, I remember watching it live. Yeah. Right, they and brought in Arn Anderson and Scott right. Hudson, and... and that was the one and only time I ever mm-hmm. met Vince McMahon. Oh, no, wow. I'm I'm a little bit scared of Arn Anderson, so I hope he never hears me saying this. Um, never a fan of him on commentary. Everything else he does, absolutely loved it. And yet, when he was commentating, I was like, okay, it, yeah. it wasn't a good fit. And and Scott can work with anybody, but it just wasn't a good fit. Um, Fantastic wrestler, though. Yeah. The best spine buster in the business. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yes, Lash, Lash LaRue. And then screaming Norman Smiley. <laughs> the big wiggle. <laughs> he does the big wiggle. <laughs> I love it. Remember when he feuded with Chavo Guerrero over the, the toy horse? Um, <laughs> Guys. The, the, one thing I'll always remember about Norman Smiley is <laughs> that dumb feud. I'm sure you guys have, have talked about... 83 weeks or whatever it is the um, the Eric Bischoff podcast oh sure yeah. but there is an episode of 83 weeks where he legitimately talks about how they wanted to push Norman Smiley oh my God. and he's like you you get you, I mean I'm trying to do Eric's intonation here. You, he was good it's like <laughs> no, what are you talking about and other people just didn't didn't see it in him. It's like, yeah, nobody saw it in him. He's a comedy wrestler. Yeah, and he's good at what he does. But you don't push your comedy guy right to a proper funny, belt. Funny don't draw money. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Controversy creates cash. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> All right. Then we get Apollo, and he he stays around till the end. Right. He's one of the final four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's a. I I'd never seen him before, but he's. Yeah. I was impressed. Puerto and, Rican legend. He was yeah. he was one of the one of the stars from uh, uh, Carlos Colon's uh, promotion. Yeah, W A W. Um, and then K Crush is number six. Um, and then we get Slash with the Sinister Minister as his manager. That's right, uh, James Mitchell. Yeah. Do you know who Slash is? Uh, he was one of the headbangers, right? Mm, no. No? Who was he then? Uh, remember, this show was, 
uh, brainchild of Jerry Jarrett. Right. He is Wolfie D, the son oh. of Bill Dundee. Oh. And really? I didn't recognize him either. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Wolfie D and uh, Brian Christopher were a long time. Uh, 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 Wolfie D, oh, hold on a sec. I'm getting Jamie Dundee and Wolfie D mixed up. But, oh, okay. Yeah, Jamie Dundee and Wolfie D were a tag team. Jamie Dundee was the son of Bill Dundee. Okay. And they eventually feuded with Brian Christopher. That's right. what. <laughs> there's your seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get uh, Del Rios, who I guess his gimmick is he's a Scott Steiner impersonator? Well, that's um, what a lot of folks made fun of him about. Yeah. But why would he have an S on the back of his tights? That, guys, I'm not, I'm not going to lie about this. Turned away today, came back in, and I knew Rick Steiner was in the match. Right. And I thought that was Rick Steiner. Right. And then, I think it's two places after this, Rick Steiner comes in. I'm like, wait, who is that guy? Yeah. <laughs> he went on to become the spellbinder in uh, USWA and was okay. their world champion for a while. Okay. And that was the S on the back. Ah. That, that was back before the copyright police showed up right. everywhere. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, they actually call attention to that. They're like, where does he, why does he look familiar? Um, <laughs> just probably the only witty thing Ed Ferrara said. Um, and then we've got Justice. Um, drawing, drawing a blank on him. Yep. I watched it today oh, no. and I'm still drawing oh, a blank. Oh no, you wouldn't draw a blank. Think of the one move that Justice did. It was a black hole slam. Okay. Wait, That's what? abyss, y'all. Is that oh, abyss? It's Are abyss. you serious? That is okay. abyss. All right. <laughs> okay. Never so in a was, million years would I have He was with that company from the beginning. Yep. Oh, wow. And James Mitchell probably scouted him in this match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we've got Conan, uh, who looks great, by the way. Um... They bring up that he hasn't moved that quickly in years, and I have to agree. <laughs> he, um, and then one of my favorite people, if you go to the steeple, you'll see that he's fully charged because he's hung in large. Joel, the quintessential stud muffin, Gertner. Your Facebook friend. <laughs> yes, um, he is my Facebook friend. Yeah. And he introduced me as uh, the guy who killed Versace right. uh, in a show in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I was like, thanks, dude. And he he's acting as a manager for... The Rainbow Connection? The, the Rainbow, Rainbow Express. Not Rainbow the Express. Rainbow Connection, because yeah. then Kermit the Frog would do a run-in. Right. <laughs> right, which is essentially, it's Billy and Chuck. They're, yeah, it's, it's they're even love. more offensive, yes. Billy and Chuck. Um, Alan amazingly, Funk is the name of Bruce of the Rainbow yeah. Express. Is he any relation to their funks? No, not he's not. Would you think that they? Oh no 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 no! I definitely that was, that that's was what I was saying. We're in rainbow tied down an Amarillo, you egg shucking dog. Um, yeah, brought shame on the family, Bruce. <laughs> but yes, Bruce. Because Lodi is injured. 
Because, yeah, I remember when Lenny and Lodi, it's the same gimmick they did in the, the dying days of WCW. Um, and then we've got Rick Steiner. Um, Looks terrible, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and then Malice. Uh, no idea there. Okay. Uh, I can talk about Malice just from, from watching okay. TNA at this time. He disappears so fast. So he's, he's part of James Mitchell's crew. Right. And he comes in. He's got the, the big Y tattoo, like, uh, like he's been autopsied. He spends a couple of months basically just being big and pretty good. Like for a man mm-hmm. his size, because he's a yeah. monster. Yeah. And then just suddenly he just disappeared. It was like, mm. I, I don't know if something happened backstage, if he fell out with somebody. But he, I think within, so they the were doing pay-per-views every month at this stage. Within the first eight weeks, he's gone. Yeah. And just disappears, never comes back. I've never heard anything about him. Maybe Craig, or Craig knows more about it than I do. But well, he, he, that was pretty much uh, his last appearance um, was in TNA. He was the wall and then turned into oh, Sergeant AWOL in yes. WCW. Yeah, okay. Ah. Well, he's, um, he's big and he's agile. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, uh, I don't know. He, it said that he passed, his name was Jerry Tuit. Um, he passed away in 2003 in uh, Tokyo, Japan. Oh. Um, he was a legit 6'8". Mm. Yeah, he was three three hundred twenty one pounds, and his. Uh, I'm going here to. Uh, I'm basically going through Wikipedia like mm. anybody else mm-hmm. would, but yeah. Uh, after. After the uh, let me see. He went to. Uh, he was a de- developmental in two thousand one with uh, WWF. Then on the independent circuit uh, as the wall, and then TNA. Um, he came back in 2003 and then went to the independent circuit, mm. and uh, then went to All Japan Pro Wrestling in 2003, and I believe he died while he was over there. His oh, his final match was December 5th, 2003. Uh, with Bull Buchanan as his tag team partner, huh. along wow. with Just Incredible against Araya, uh, Miyamoto, and Homa in Tokyo. And then he passed away uh, from a heart attack on December the 6th, hmm. 2003. I just haven't seen him in this, and he shows up in a couple of other things. I, I'm not sure if he has another match, but he definitely shows up to you know be an impact player. Right. Um, I wonder what made WWE pass on him because for him I, I didn't realize he'd been in developmental but he's to me when I was looking at him today I was like this is like test if test could also run yeah across the ring in three and a half seconds or well, less than three and a half seconds because hmm. test was very slow at moving a but lot of times. did the WWE invest it did the WWE invest in tattooed wrestlers at this time that could mm. be. That's exactly what was coming into my head. Is the APA are the only ones I can think of with tattoos back then? Yeah. I think he was also. He might have also been very similar to Brock. And mm. they were really pushing Brock at this time as the developmental guy. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, I as much as I'm I'm bigging him up here because this is a good performance. Mm. He he's no Brock. Yeah. 
but he did eliminate Bruce, K-Crush, Del Rios, Conan, and Rick Steiner. And yeah. some others. Speaking including... of, of, of a Brock-like performance. <laughs> <laughs> including the next entrant, Scott Hall. Um, and then we get Toby Keith, who eliminates Jarrett <laughs> and then eliminates himself. Now, oh, I, w- I, I, was looking, I was looking here, and it was a 20-man battle royal. Well, but there were 21. 21 people in it right. because Keith wasn't officially in the Battle Royal. Right. He wasn't one of the announced wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, we'll get to that because that's where the snafu comes up between 16 and 17. Guy. 16 oh, is Chris that Harris. That amazing. And then the Vampire Warrior comes out like uh, 30 seconds later. Yeah. Um, and you can tell they were running short possibly on time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, running short on time and also no entrance music uh, barely an announcement for some of them yeah in like weird times between them like for, well I know Jared had knocked out uh, Buff Bagwell but there's still 30 seconds left when the next rest yes. oh yeah and they, yeah. they just went oh heck with 90 <laughs> send them in um so yeah, the vampire warrior, the former Gangrel. Yeah. Um, After Chris Harris of America's yep. Most Wanted. Yep. And then we get Devin Storm. Um, and then Steve Carino, the king of old school. Yeah, always good to see him. And then uh, Ken Shamrock, and then Brian Christopher. Now I thought that Shamrock had bragged that he was the last person in. In the earlier uh, in the earlier promo at the start of the show, which is why I wasn't expecting another person to come out after yeah, Shamrock. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, first of all, what? Right. Now, maybe you guys have a different take on this than I do. Uh, Brian Christopher comes in with what can only be described as a rock level baby face enters the ring and starts cleaning house level moment like they put him over huge in this for a match that he doesn't win or even finish in the top two in but like he comes in and he must eliminate five people in the first 30 40 seconds that he's yeah Ali uh, what you have to realize is how big Jerry Lawler was in the south yeah mm. and Christopher when he was going through um before people knew he was Lawler's kid, he was over. He was very much over uh, in the Memphis circuit. Uh, and Huntsville, Alabama, just outside of that. But uh, plus he had a little bit of the, the WWF stroke to him. And mm-hmm. so he, uh, he was, I think to them, he was a bigger star because of his, his Memphis roots and them knowing him in the South. Yeah, I've gone. I've gone back and watched some like '99 to 2001 um, Raws and Stand stuff, by. and I had forgotten. We've how thrown the rope down to him. That that yeah. team was so okay. Cool so you'll have you'll have to start with. Oh. I went back and lo- and looked at some. Okay, sorry. Uh, I've gone back and watched some old like 1999 to 2001 Raws on the network, and I've forgotten how over that team of Too Cool and Rikishi was. Oh, they were they were huge. Huge. Yeah. Absolutely huge. Um, Which is yeah. weird because they managed to completely rehabilitate Rikishi 
from mm -hmm. absolute nothing dirt to yeah. I, I remember at the time even thinking like 2001 that the Rikishi could literally be pushed now towards world title level yeah because of how over too cool were yeah all right so the last two are ken shamrock and malice so they're going to have a match for the world title and that's going to be refereed by ricky the dragon steamboat now there uh, shamrock you know malice had its offense but shamrock was uh shamrock was really over in this yeah yeah so Shamrock has Malice in a submission hole. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How many times did it look like he tapped? Oh, quite a this few. This was driving me insane. Yeah. He must have tapped five times. Yeah. But what, it, was, it, what was worse? Him looking like he had tapped five times or the fact that his shoulders were on the mat for more than 20 seconds? Yep. <laughs> Yeah. When when he was in the uh, the cross arm breaker, which yep. they were calling it, which was an arm bar, um, yeah. I've heard Ken Shamrock talk about this specific thing, and right. So I've done jujitsu. Um, mm -hmm. I used to be quite good at it. Ken Shamrock was very good at it. Ken oh. Shamrock has talked about how he hates when people are in an arm bar for more than two seconds without tapping. Right. Right. This is the guts of 40 seconds he has this guy in the armbar. Yes. And, I mean, if you've never been in an armbar, you can just... I, listeners at home, please don't do this, but I've talked to two co-hosts. If you have somebody there, just even try it for four seconds. It is excruciatingly painful. I'm sure. And you feel like your elbow is going to snap. And if your elbow doesn't snap, your forearm will snap. Ooh. Like, there's no... There is no, oh, I'm going to get out of this. I'm going to tough it out. Guys tap instantly. Like, if you watch the UFC, somebody gets caught in a tight armbar, it's done. All right? And for Ken Shamrock to be holding this loose armbar on a guy for 40 seconds <laughs> is just hilarious. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask, because you guys will probably know more about the NWA, what is their rule on rope breaks? Oh, I'm not sure. Why? Because Ricky Steamboat... Twice Ken Shamrock has him in the ankle lock and he gets to the bottom rope. The first time he gets to the bottom rope, uh, Ken Shamrock holds it for about a second and lets go. The second time, Ken Shamrock heals up because it's definitely a heel move and holds the hold. And Ricky Steamboat keeps talk counting and he gets to four. And I am certain he expects Shamrock to let it go because there's a pause. <laughs> And Shamrock doesn't. So Ricky Steamboat continues the count and gets to seven. Yep. <laughs> and, then and then Shamrock lets it go. And then he argues with the ref. And I'm thinking, <laughs> is the rule eight seconds? Is this an end? Because at the beginning, the announcer is NWA rules. And I'm, I'm, they're going, What's, did they have some arbitrary eight second rule? Like, <laughs> he used all of that eight seconds. That, exactly. Because he, he definitely holds it for... And it's a slow count because if you're watching it, there's definitely that pause after four seconds where Ricky Steamboat's expecting him to let go. And then the next day, five, the six, and the seven are all <laughs> a good two, three seconds apart. <laughs> wow. And well, he's the face. He's the face in this match. 
Well, if it's not in the book, it's not. <laughs> yeah. and, and the reason I know this, and, and, and this is kind of maybe a, a, a nudge to Max for a future show, which I do at least mm-hmm. once a show. Sure. And that was taught to me by, I think it, her name was DJ Torigno, who is the entertainment attorney for the Rockers, who appeared okay. last night on Fox Sports 2. As Fox Sports 2, I kid you not, brought back roller games from the 1980s. I saw that on your Facebook. And I'm like, what in the hell are we doing here? Right, because I asked you if that was the worked one. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. I was like, I had just finished the pay-per-view and then roller is like no <laughs> oh i'm having a flashback and it's not good because it's ollie what you may not know is i went on to become a roller derby announcer for many years oh i thought you were going to say you were a roller derby star no no but uh but i was uh, in the women's flat track roller derby association and also in the world cup of women's roller derby which was in manchester uh, a few years ago um, and so it's a legit sport now. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And a couple of years ago, ESPN put on the championships of the Women's Flat Track Roller Derby Association as part of their Ocho uh, presentation, which is the, the takeoff on when Dodgeball had ESPN the Ocho. The Ocho, yeah. And ESPN they, put, they put on a whole bunch of non-traditional sports. Right. Well, the women of the WFTDA went nuts saying, why won't you treat us better? What, we're, it's better than, than having us on the Ocho. And what is it? Four years later, Fox Sports brings back roller, roller games. games from the 80s. I know that was an aside, but that might be a fun show to do. That might be. Just because of all the characters. And I have stories about them, too. <laughs> I just remember As- that there was a syndication package, which was roller games followed by the grudge match. Yep. <laughs> Wait, is the grudge match where two people who aren't boxers just punch each other? Uh, sort of. It was like, um, it was like a people's court type show. I don't know if that helps. If you have any cultural reference for that, but it was like, like a Jerry Springer type thing. These two okay. people are having an argument over something. Jeremy so Kyle. They, so they'd come onto this show <laughs> and like throw food at each other. And Jesse Ventura was the referee while he was the mayor of Brooklyn Park. So oh. you know. Because there is a there is a show I think it might it's not called Dead Grudge Match it's just Grudge Match, where they take two people who have a beef in real life, right, and then they just put them in the boxing ring, give them gloves, <laughs> wow, and then allow them to punch each other, and it is, it's just one of those times where you're like, what, when, <laughs> how, well, and sometimes you see really tough looking dudes go in and just get punched in the head and go down. <laughs> like that it's it's pretty mm-hmm. funny uh when you bring up roller derby and roller games yes uh because there's no really cultural thing like that in ireland the only thing that comes into my head is rollerball the movie and then you're <laughs> yes. like they're bringing back roller games and i'm like this would be the worst comeback since they made it with chris klein or whatever his name was the guy from american pie yeah well, and then uh, the Roller Games came out the exact same year as the premiere of American Gladiators. Right. So it, it, it was those two things, and one of them was going to... It was a, it was a grudge match with those two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, 
I wonder how things make uh, make it on television, but um, nothing surprises me anymore as yep. Fox has finally brought Gogglebox to the United States. <laughs> awesome. <sighs> it's called Celebrity Watch Party here, but oh my god. Oh, do you guys have celebrities doing it? Yes. Oh, in in the UK, it's just regular folks. regular people. And, and uh, I'm like, and it's all it's all the better for it. And I'm like, how is this a show? <laughs> but guess what? We're basically doing Gogglebox on pro wrestling. So there you so, go. Fair enough. That is yeah, true. It's just bringing podcast format to TV. Um, so yeah, Ken Shamrock wins with a belly to belly. With the belly to belly. Um, I, I'm, I'm just it's a Bailey to Bailey now. Uh, and Ken Shamrock wins with Bailey's finishing move, which he makes it look less impactful than she does <laughs> and it's a wrestling move that i think she should retire because yeah. it doesn't look impactful when she does it um and then instead of ending the show on you know your new champion of course we, which would make get, sense right we get jeff jarrett yelling at jackie fargo and toby keith um how do you like me now about <laughs> yeah uh, again complaining about the fact that he lost the battle royal for Who the wins the title with a bad roy? <laughs> and he starts attacking the old timers, and Jackie Fargo, as a member of the governing body of the NWA, can make a match, so he demands a match next week between Scott Hall and Jeff Jarrett. Um, and Toby Keith. Yes. <laughs> and, and that that's is the thing that happened, how we guys. end with <sighs> Jeff Jarrett and Scott Hall attacking each other. So... This was called Total Nonstop Action. So I would like to get your predictions, and we'll do the over-under on this. Uh, how many actual minutes in the two-hour show did we have of Total Nonstop Action? Oh, I'm going to say 17. No, the, 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 the Battle Royal went at least 17. Oh, that, that's fair. I, I yeah. didn't think about Royal. Okay, but total, um, total action in total nonstop action. Uh, 40. So we have okay. 40 yeah. from Max. Right. So I was entertained from start to finish. Um, <laughs> uh, I think it was a wonderful show. and uh, It was one hour and 47 minutes. Uh, long on my uh, YouTube link that you sent right. me. Mm -hmm. um, so, bearing in mind that I count every shot of the girls in the cages as total non-stop <laughs> action, I can only I can only guess that it's more than forty minutes. Um, realistically, I think the main event was about twenty-five, mm. and the rest probably came to about. 10 in total, so 35 minutes? Well, you actually both went to the low side. Oh. 53 minutes hmm. of wrestling action. Oh no, that is counting the girls in cages. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or like to be wrestling action, but up, up. good night, I'll be here all week, tip your halibut. That is uh, shocking for yeah. something called TNA. Yeah. yeah. 53 minutes, and, and that's rounding up on, it, on all the minutes too. <laughs> To account for the girls in the cages, of course. But uh, with with okay, I mean, I know that the thing with introducing the women that will be wearing lingerie next week took up a lot of time. Yeah, and the legends. But that's what I was going to say. Like the legends doesn't feel like a Vince Russo thing. You no, know? 
that feels like like Joe Jarrett. Um, yeah. So I can't blame Russo for all of the lack of total nonstop action, bro. <laughs> it's a rule, isn't it? <laughs> but that is that is a real Russo thing, wasn't it? To have shorter matches and yeah, and quirky like finishes. Back, yeah, more backstage segments. And yeah. The one nice thing I can always say about Vince Russo, though, is that everybody had something to do. Mm. The one thing I always say is, don't forget, he was a world champ. (laughs) Well, I'll agree with you. Everyone had something to do. I I was able to go to the bathroom many times. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, what I mean is, like, even in the really bad shows he did, like TNA at its worst and WCW at its worst... He at least gave something to every guy on the roster, as dumb as it may have been. I don't hate him as much as Cornette does. Sure. No one does. Right. But Vince Russo, to me, took a lot of the, you know, took a lot out of what wrestling could become. Yeah. It changed it to something totally different. Yeah. But I'm hoping... And I'm worried that, the, in, in talking about current shows, I'm worried that AEW gets a little too silly at times, but at least they're heading in the right direction. NXT, one year ago, was about the sweet spot for me. Mm-hmm. Or actually, before they went to USA. Yeah. I mean, when they were doing takeovers in, in Brooklyn, that was the sweet spot for me for what a wrestling show should be was NXT back in those days. And WCW back in the Clash of the Champions days. Sure. There's something to... I like AEW's silliness because it comes from the indies, which is all yeah. comedy wrestling now. Um, so I, I don't mind it when it's done right. It annoys me. Uh, I just said annoys in a very Irish way. Uh, and I loved me. it. I'm but, going to use it as a ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm watching AEW, it annoys me that they don't seem to understand that it's very hard to switch from comedy to seriousness with the same character. Mm, so that's fair. When you have somebody as just transcendent as Kenny Omega in a comedy skit, it's then very hard to see him go out and kick serious ass in a wrestling ring because he I mean, I just saw him two minutes ago acting like a buffoon. Yeah. So, if, if to put it into like WWE context and even the time period we're talking about, Jimmy Crack Corn Stone Cold can't go out and throw twenty stunners right. in the same day, time he's doing Jimmy Crack Corn, mm. which is why he didn't. Like that's the whole part of that plot during the invasion was, yeah. can we get the real Stone Cold back? Right. So, when you see AEW doing it every week. As much as I like the show and I love the quality of wrestling and I love watching the tag team matches because I love tag team wrestling, it, there's just too much of that jokiness going on for me. Right. But having said that, it, I still think it's the best wrestling show going at the minute. So, I would love to see the New Japan Kenny Omega show up. That the would cleaner. be nice. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's nothing against Kenny at all. I mean, mm-hmm. Kenny amazing worker probably my favorite worker going on right now 
Yeah. Uh, just always love his his matches. But I'm not even talking six star Kenny Omega. I'm just talking about the intense Kenny Omega. Yeah, yeah. That's what I miss. Mm-hmm. You know, save it for BTE. Have fun with BTE. Yeah. That's what it's for. I have Which to, I think uh, is still one of the best half hours on on wrestling television yeah. is BTE. <laughs> I yeah. know it's. Um, I know it's. It might. It might be. I was going to say a controversial thing. I think what AEW has missed most in the last few months, um, in particular since the start of lockdown, is Pack. Because, Pack is, to me, Kenny Omega level worker. Sure. But there is no messing. There is yeah. no joking. Everything is. I'm going to take your arm home with me. He so, came up. He came up on this show last week because we did um, the very first um, takeover NXT takeover. Uh, yeah. Oh, he's fantastic um, on that show. Yeah, and uh, we were just talking about what a shame it is that nobody wants to work with him because he is so great. Yeah, he's just I, uh, it's just and, and, such and a I, such a wrestler. Just yeah. as you said, as a worker, he's a man who can do anything. Yeah, and I think that. Uh, the, the sport that we love or the sports entertainment that we love <laughs> will have an opportunity to do yet another reset when fans can get back in the stands. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. that I think every promotion is doing the best that it can right now. Sure. Um, so, you know, and all, all credit to people, you know, that I know I'm in the minority here, yeah. but I love the WWE cinematic matches. They're fun. They are okay. We know it's not a real sport yeah. anyway. Have some fun with it, you know. I uh, I loved because I need to put that D to represent my past tense. Okay. Them <laughs> all the way up until I I still have no idea what happened in that swamp match. It's just <laughs> it's so it, like I I genuinely enjoyed all the rest of them. I even really liked the fact that they put an ex alcoholic and an Irish person in a bar fight. <laughs> because you know stereotyping but um just that swamp fight just it it felt like they tried to get too cutesy mm-hmm. and they yeah, saw yeah. how how well received the um firefly Flunhouse match was at wrestlemania and they're like oh, so well, we can do the same but you can't do the same because braun Strowman is nothing it's not 15 years of dominance 17 years of dominance John Cena it's that big guy who we don't have any real faith in right and there's no there's nothing shoot you can say about uh, Braun Strowman like the whole point of doing it with John Cena is that you could appeal to insider fans who read websites exactly you know and right um yeah and as we always do at the end of each show we ask Ollie Brady what did you learn on the show tonight? Um, well, I learned that Craig uh, has way more wrestling knowledge than I've ever gone. <laughs> and I, I, I mentioned it to you guys at the start, and I, I like to think I'm a smart guy. And it's very rare that I don't... I, right, I'm a white guy. I'm a well-educated guy. I'm quite well off. So I'm not used to being in a situation... I, in my field, I'm, I'm a physicist, and I'm very, very good at it. And I still—it's very rare that I'm talking to other people. Who are like, damn, I know feck all. <laughs> and I like wrestling, and it's, it's something I have a lot of love of. It's, it's great to hear that. Um, I've also learned uh, that TNA 
2002 had a pretty incredible roster yeah that they then did go on to do stuff with a lot of them so you know sure. it's hard to it's hard to fault them in that so yeah, yeah. I will make you feel better Ali I uh, was lucky enough to get to visit with a friend that I hadn't seen in about a year uh, last uh, weekend and uh, she was visiting uh, in town and she said I have a project I have to do but come on over and uh, we can hang out and uh, um, I said that sounds great well the project she had to do was a calculus lecture followed by a calculus exam. Oh boy. And I got such anxiety. I got such anxiety knowing that if you took Delta Airlines uh, and ate some pie, that um, (laughs) that the constant uh, square root of something was a root canal in my mouth, that, (laughs) oh my gosh, I, I was sweating. I'm going... I'm going back to watching soccer. You do this. <laughs> so uh, I know how you felt. Oh, and, you know, Max, we've gotten through, and, and Ollie might not know this, but we've gone through an entire show without a callback to our greatest episode ever, which was the Blackjack Brawl. The UWF dra- Blackjack Brawl. Let's give it up for it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, bring them on. Woo-hoo. Um... <laughs> Ollie, no. that is a fun show to watch. No. <laughs> By the way, I only and found re- out about it today in this episode. That's <laughs> the only time I've ever heard. So the reason I bring it up is that as we tape this, last night a show using the hashtag worst pay-per-view ever was presented by the good brothers themselves. Mr. Anderson and Mr. Gallows. Nice. Talking Shop Mania, which they promoted as the worst pay-per-view ever. (laughs) Now, it's on Fight TV. Eventually, it'll come out or whatever. But, you know, I I have a hard time thinking that anything will ever beat Blackjack Brawl. I, you know, I agree, and I've said it on this show. I think it's worse than Heroes of Wrestling. Um. (laughs) And I've yes, never seen it. I'm going to hunt it down now. It's on YouTube. It's it's very easily accessible on YouTube. Um, it's a disaster. And you get to watch Herb Abrams be Mr. Electricity, Mr. Excitement, <laughs> bringing you the Blackjack Brawl! God, that hurts. Okay, Ali, before we say goodnight, where can everybody find you if you want them to find you? and yeah, you can just find me on Facebook as Ollie Brady. Um, I used to do a lot of podcasting. Uh, I don't really do it anymore. My main podcast was called Best Acquaintances, but then I started dating my co-host and it didn't feel right. <laughs> so so we were like, oh, well, this, this is awkward now. It's just cutesy with us being cute at each other for the entire time. So I stopped, but I started doing another one called Media Evil. So if you want to listen to um, a physicist and a person who's a, I got a PhD in T or like, theoretical in which don't go oh my god she's going to be so mad that i just said our phd is theoretical but her phd in medieval studies and we watch medieval set movies and then take the mick out of them she takes the mick out of them with what they get wrong and talks about what they get right and then i talk about how i like dudes with swords stabbing each other in the face <laughs> because i gotta be honest i like dudes with swords stabbing each other in the face and there's one other thing i'm just going to uh, to plug here and it's probably 
weird and you guys will probably think I'm weird for doing this right if you have the time go back to or go onto the, the network or whatever and then look up Steve Blackman yes and yes. and watch just a random Steve Blackman match and I want you to just realize that that dude was a wonderful professional wrestler yes that's it the Steve Blackman show He's yes. just he was just really good at what he did. Like he played he, his character was I am boring. Yep. I am hard. Mm-hmm. And that's that's exactly what he did. Yeah. I I have to agree. He was he was underrated. All right. Okay, until next time, uh you can find the podcast at WKIF uh, pod and you can find me on Twitter at MinimusMaxM, and uh, that Twitter, as always, is NSFW and 18+, because I talk about the sexuality podcast on that one. And as always, I'm hiding. Yes. Um, <laughs> and so, until next week, keep it kayfabe. Booba. Test, test, this is a test. <laughs> Did you hit the record?